Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, does that sound heaven? I'm Gareth Locklock. And I'm Ollie Locklock. And we are... The Newly Dads. The Newly Dads. Great, that sounds good. that again. We are the Newly Cancelled. Newly Dads. Is that right? Hi, I'm Gareth. And I'm Ollie. And we are... The Newly Newly Dads. Dads. And this week, our twins are eight Eight weeks weeks old. We've just had Ollie's family up. The hell of being exhausted in the first... How far are we in? We're like a month of having them at home. The hell of being exhausted comes from just everyone wanting to come and see them. It is an emotional thing. Exhaustion. I mean, your mum did just stay for four nights. She stayed for two nights. Was it? God, it seems so much longer. She stayed for two nights and she was trying to be helpful, but the fact is my mum is absolutely glorious in so many ways until her second bottle of wine and then becomes really annoying and starts talking actually about podcasts. Oh my God. Or about her degree she's just done, which is heaven. Very well done at 70 to do a degree. Absolutely amazing. But fuck no, you don't need to tell the pizza delivery man. We were in the garden the other day and we were having a drink. The babies had gone to bed and we looked on the monitor and there was this strange hand going into the... And we were like, earth is that? Suddenly realized it was my mother, so it was sort of safe. But I was like, mum, what are you doing? What are you doing? So Gareth found on the phone there was a way to talk to her through the thing. Now, what did you say? I was like, step away from the babies. (laughs) Step away. And then she stepped away. I could see like this fluster inside. It's got all the lights switched off. Half an hour later comes out wildly upset her because she's like, there's this big brother voice coming through the camera and then I've been told to get away from my granddaughter and grandson. And I'd very much upset my slightly tipsy mother-in-law. You did slightly tipsy. She was awfully hammered. She is great in so many ways. She's a great grandma, but my goodness, she does become annoying when she's drunk. No comment. The baby's been home for a few weeks now, or nearly a a month now. And I am pleased to say that I think I have I've broken them. They haven't broken me. And that's how I'm able to be here today. I just think that's the most enormous amount of crap I've ever heard in my life. You are the most stubborn man in the entire world. <laughs> and I completely understand that you want everyone to believe that you have managed to beat all odds by getting the children to sleep. No. However, I'm still going to bed, as you are, at 12, 12.30, waking up at 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock. You love those babies so much. You spend so much time with them. They drive you slightly insane sometimes when... You know you don't want to clear up a turd in the middle of the night. You're like, it's one of those things you're like, oh, can you just hold it in for a bit? So I think the only barrier, and I say this barrier in both the, the physical and the emotional sense, is is poo. Because it's constipation. They seem to really like being constipated. They hate it, but it's something that they have both decided to become constipated the whole time. I don't think they've decided. Well, their body has. I don't really get it, because when it does come, right... 
it comes out like Mr. Whippy soft serve. It's like there's a blockage in there somewhere and something's happening. I don't really understand how they're getting constipated. Now, I don't think a lot of people know this, but there is a trick that we've been taught, however revolting this sounds, is getting a Q-tip, an earbud, and putting a bit of Vaseline in it and basically wiping it around the asshole mm-hmm. of the baby. So that sounds really gross and it is something that is mega grim to do. However, it works. Oh it my basically, God, does it work? It, it works then, so well. So the other day you were kind of, I said, they're then changing them. And so I was like, oh my God, oh, well, it's starting to come out kind of thing. And suddenly you're lifting the legs up and it turns into I, I, like a, a, a proper frozen yogurt machine. It is. I, what flavor would that be? It's like, it's oh, like a really like artisan a, salted caramel. Not that's the, about right. That's what the color is. That's what it? it tastes like, yeah. It's a bit like if you go to one of those frozen Ugh. yogurt places and it's a bit like a dark sort but of... But it's fascinating ochre. how it comes out. It, it really doesn't, is. Everything takes time with the baby. Bottle feeding takes forever with the baby. Pooping takes forever with the baby. And it all just comes like... it was. Babies can be constipated, right, for up to 10 days. Before it's a problem, 10 days. Could you imagine being constipated for 10 days? No, but... Again, going back to Bali, when I kind of took two Imodium a day just to keep myself blocked up, that was pretty much like that. Yeah, that's that's probably taking years off your life. That was not the healthiest decision. When did this become our lives? I get excited when they poo. Do you get excited when they poo? I know what you mean, but it's more of a, it's a small, it's a result. You're literally like you are a little superstar. It is a result because actually we've been given a few lines of advice, which are, you know, an ounce of boiled cooled down water, which can apparently do it not wildly effective. Glycerin chip, which you don't want to do because it's like a suppository, weird idea. And also you just want them to do it naturally. And then the Vaseline with the Q-tip. And honestly, Vaseline with the Q-tip, way to go. And it is absolutely revolting, but it's something that seems to work. Hold the phone. Wait, didn't your mum then say, either when we were doing it or before we were doing it, she was like, when you were younger, she used to put a up your took us with your Vaseline. I'm really enjoying the fact that you said this. It was actually your father that oh, said this. Fuck. It was your father that put his finger up your ass because <laughs> uh, with Vaseline because that's what made you poo. He was always we saying, "Oh, we use a cotton wool ball, but bud." He was like, "Oh, I've never thought about that." I was like, "I would do anything, anything to not put to a finger not in a put my finger up my child's ass when I'm cleaning their bottom. I am like, you know." three ply deep, like not getting near it. If I get it on me, I'm conscious and I can't touch anything because everything with a baby is like cream or white. So, you know, you're basically just redecorating everything with a poo fingerprint. I quite like the fact that your dad once fingered you. (laughs) I think that's quite hilarious. Isn't that revolting? Your dad once fingered you. Amazing. No, he didn't finger me. He applied Vaseline to my to my bottom. When I was constipated... With lube then, fine. He fingered you with lube. He didn't lube me out. Vaseline is not an adequate lube. Everyone knows that. I've never tried it. Oh, bollocks. While I top myself as up some wine, we have managed to uh, tell you a couple of stories about our childhood and some mortifying ones. I'm going to need therapy for Gareth's father did Tim once. And uh, now we're going to get some from other people, I think. Let's hear. So, hi both. Our first experience of potty training was very different for both children. The first refused point blank, which was the boy. And the second, a girl, so a boy and a girl like us, was very keen with the whole process. So pleased with herself and intrigued with the result, she swiftly inspected the contents stirred it with her toothbrush, that's what makes it bad, and continued, oh no, continued brushing her teeth. Lots of love, Helena. Now, was it a wee or was it a poo? Oh, baby's poo, it could be anything. I mean, you could stir that like warm ice cream. So when mum was around the other day, she did tell me that my godmother's son, who's just had twins, they've just got to the age of kind of running around and kind of chilling out. And they walked in the garden the other day and she was halfway through a dog poo, eating it. No. Yeah. 
Not a dog poo. Yeah, Thomas. I am mortified. Yeah, mortified halfway through meeting a dog poo. Also, right, okay. The idea of the smell of dog poo is just hideous. Not, what, what has motivated them to do that? I think they're like two and a half. They just I don't care how old poo. you are. I don't know. Natural instinct tells you not to do stuff like that. I disagree entirely. You want to be a Labrador. Oh, but that's a dog because they can smell that there's protein in it. Maybe the kid's really like heightened sense. Maybe the kid's deficient in something and it was in the dog poo and that's why they had it. I think it's just a child. Children eat dog poo. They eat stuff like that. They're feral little creatures. Also, wait a minute. So potty training. This freaks the hell out of me, by the way, because they're the poos we have now. Yeah. And then there's the poos when we wean the kids. So apparently when they wean, they're like little human poos, like both you and I do on, on an average poo. Yeah. Not the size but the, the colour, consistency, texture, it's like that. So I'm thinking, right, when we start potty training... Can you get nice artisan ones of those potties that are like not plastic? Maybe. I just don't like the idea of having a... It's not going to be on display. That's like, yeah, I know, but... It, it, just put it in a cupboard. Yeah, but they're revolting. It's, they're, it's, I'm, that is not... It's not like, oh, what's that nice thing on the side? Oh, that's our ochre potty. Maybe there's a, there's a new thing here. Maybe we can come up with actual nice potties. Right, okay. So just back to the point. My fear, right, is our... 18 months, two year old, how, whatever age you're going to potty train out, they poo and you just have to go and look at this human poo in a potty. My thought is, right, potties are low. What is the kid doing with a toothbrush and with the potty? Because presumably she has to go up to get the toothbrush off the side. Mum's probably helping her, right? So, and then she has the potty separately. I'm just well, thinking, Helen, she was brushing her teeth and whilst, then goes, I need a wee. And you go, okay, we'll do that. That's fine. Mum doesn't want to put it down and be like, oh, do that. Just, just brush your teeth whilst doing it. And then she did the whole thing. Yeah. I tell you exactly what. Helen is probably one of those parents that's like, oh, you don't need, you don't need water on your toothbrush. And she's halfway through brushing her teeth. It's a bit dry. And she thought, they won't let me have water now, Helen, will what you? What kind of parent doesn't allow water on the toothbrush? But people do do that. Like, you know, eco warriors. Don't be absurd. Even a splash of water. I'm, I'm thinking Helena's daughter just thought, this, is, this is a bit dry, so I'm going to make it wetter. It's absurd. I think basically it gets too what's happening here is it's not the daughter's fault. I think Helen is just trying to do too much at once. I think, you know, let's brush the teeth and let's let's go for a wee. But it is I revolting. I think you're doing very it's well horrifying. as a parent, Helen, and myself. And also, she's just stood there and watched. Unless this kid's like Lightning McQueen and she's just whipped it in her mouth. I mean, you know what the kids do. Like, she's stirred it, so it's not like she's dipped it. But what do you think of that? I remember tasting my own wee. You have terrible OCD. You are like clean. He yeah, I didn't when I was like eight. Handle. I quite re- I literally remember walking into my school... And I was like, I'm weeing in your rhino. And I was like, I wonder what that tastes like. And so I, I lifted my willy up and went like that. Just I am, to taste it. I, that is also, wait. I remember doing it. You've pissed all over yourself at this stage. No, I went like that. So it was like, the, the flow was like there, like a like a water fountain at school. You know, one of those. I remember going like that, just to taste my own wee. And it's something I actively did. And I remember doing it very well. How many times did you do that? But life? also it's like when all these uh, people uh, turn uh, around and go, oh, you, I've never tasted my own sperm. You have. Like everyone has, it's come out of you. You've tasted your own jizz. Or you've tasted your own vaginal fluids, I'm sure. Because that's something that's something... Oh, my God. That, but that's something you... It's come out of you. How many times did you try your own pee? Once. Is that a lie? No. Why would I go back to it? I didn't go, mmm, delicious. What, okay. I just what, wanted to taste what it would be like. In that moment, you've tasted your wee. What did you think? Yeah, it wasn't as pungent as I thought. I must have... Yeah, anyway. You were quite well hydrated that day. I think I must have been. Maybe blunt. that's why you decided, you know, today's the day. It I'm going to have my two litres and then I'm going to just try my piss. It was that carton of milk and a nice biscuit for first break. So you got your sweet milky pee, basically. Yeah, it was You basically pee. made tea. Well, there thinking. you go. There was nothing wrong with that. I was eight years old. Everyone's done it. And I'm, if I, no, I'm not saying do it now, but if you're a child and you've done it, there's no judgment because I think that's actually a very healthy thing. I have... I and have. Also, sorry, let's just go back. 
When you started jizzing when you were however old, right? If you didn't go, that's weird, right? Because you're not going to be like, oh my God, something's coming out of me. Like, that's just human, like... Curiosity. Fascination to be like, there's something coming out of me. What does it smell like? What does it taste like? You're only doing it once. I'm not going to sit there I, and be I, like, oh, I, it's, I, I'm, it's shower I'm, time I'm, again. I'm, I'm Drinks not, up. I'm, like, I'm, it's I'm, not, like, I'm not going to lie. Yes, obviously. I haven't tried my own pee, though. That's fine. But you have admitted trying your own jism. Yes. Yeah, thank you very much, that, every but like, man. No, but it's like, I didn't think it was on purpose. It's accidental. It's like that thing years ago that I remember when we were like, I don't know, 16 years old, and like, like called finger birds, right? Oh, my God. And there used to be that trend of fingering birds and putting it in their mouth. What? That's that's not, not no, that's illegal. That is so illegal. That also that's I totally, just dark. totally remember that. I'm not even gonna talk about that. That was a thing. It was in the original porn movies that we used to watch. And I think that was something that was like you kind of learned from that and you thought that's kind of part of sex is your finger and then stick it in them out. I don't know why. I just think there's a lot of issues <laughs> with that. I think that's You know exactly what I'm talking about. Like it's what? It's a it's a porn thing. And not like surprise. It's like you're. No, it's like uh, then they're like, every, oh, everyone. And then they're oh, like, oh, everyone agrees. Like, okay, every, all right, everyone's agreed to it. I yeah, you kind of like, lick your fingers, and be like, oh, it's a really sexy thing, and you're like, actually, close your eyes, revolting. wait for a surprise. But I was no. like, no, okay. Um, I haven't done that. <laughs> it's because you're a massive homo. I slept with a total of eight women. Thank you very much. You were such a prude. Back then. Well, men's a lot higher, but women. Are, I, yeah, not. no, I really had fun with women. I think all my all my life. Yeah, there's a book about it. It's great. This is the, one of the worst things, by the way, is the fact that the first book you ever did is now going to say number number, number times bestseller um, for eight weeks. Yeah, shut up. Uh, one of the first books you wrote is literally about your relationship. I haven't actually read it, so because so I released a book, and this will be something that we will speak about through the series at some point, and it is called Laid in Chelsea. I decide to write a fairly explicit version of my teenage and 20s years of having sex or lack of or when it went wrong. Is the explicit version the one that's published? Yes. Oh, so they weren't like, oh God, this is not, this is like 218. They were delighted, but I then had to go around every single person on Facebook that I had slept with or fingered or got knocked off by um, and ask their permission to write a book about it. It's like you've gone around telling everyone you're a comedian. This has not happened to me. I've not had an STI. I don't think you have either, have you? Yes. Okay, fine. Well, and then they're like, right, now you have to go and tell all your partners. This is basically, it's a similar sort of method. Yes, you have to go around and be like, by the way, hi, darling, I haven't spoken to you in a while. I know you've probably seen me on Maiden Chelsea, but I'm now writing a book about my sexual escapades when I was 18 years old. I remember when we used to go out. Is there anywhere I could say about when we once had to take the morning after pill because you once got pregnant on our family holiday to Menorca? Did that happen? Yes. What? Yeah. You got Wait, you yes. Got, you got someone pre- No. No, but they have to take the morning after pill. Oh, fine. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay. Well, that's it's all in the book. Yeah. I'm not obviously going to read the stores. book, am I? Like, this is well, one of the worst things is the fact that it's bad enough when you date someone and they have exes, right? Okay. I then have the added thing of the fact that majority of his relationships are televised. And then secondly, there is this book and not just any book, the book that did how many weeks at whatever number on Sunday Times? Number eight, Sunday Times, so thanks very much. There you go. Number one on audio. <clears throat> so there, there is this actual, like, codified anthem of your sex life, which I have refused to read. Gareth has never read Do any I... part of this book. I don't want to read it. Who did the audio? Myself, obviously. Of course you fucking did. <laughs> Sorry, Attenborough was busy. Oh my God, I would have loved that. He licked her out in a, <laughs> no. the first time Holly fingered a man. <laughs> no, that's not in it. Certainly not. Is it not? No. 
But these are stories that will come out, I think, and I, it's something you're going to be sharing a lot with us. We can share, I can read some bits out from my best-selling autobiography. Oh my God. Called Lady in Chelsea. But I'm starting to sweat slightly purely because it's really fucking cringe because I wrote this when I was like 23 years old. I'm now 36. It's really embarrassing because actually a lot of it is like just disastrous, disastrous stuff. But, like uh, going down on a girl for the first time and stuff like that. And I, I'd never actually seen a real vagina. Well, you'd heard sorry, about them. I knew where they sort of were, but they were in the V that you could see on textbooks. You didn't know there was anything underneath them. Oh, they didn't. So I basically just licked pubes for like, oh, a good 10 minutes. I didn't know those things below it. The magic was nowhere near. So my dad literally descriptively gave us like the, the sex talks. No, I, was I certainly didn't. No. Like I think South Park taught me where the clitoris was. And even that was a struggle. I'm but then I mastered like, it and decided to go gay. Yeah, completed it. Tick. Yeah, I'd collected all the gold coins. Yeah, great. And, uh, and moved on to a next next level. Right, Oz. Hi, Gareth and Ollie. My son Lewis is venturing off to university this year, which is reminding me of one of my favorite stories from his childhood. Growing up, Lou was always really interested in nature. He loved being outside, playing in the mud, and petting animals. But he had a particular interest in worms. He would often catch them and put them in plastic containers, which he would take up to the bedroom. We were caught in a constant game of finding the containers and releasing the worms back to the garden because, understandably, I didn't want worms in my house. One day, he went to go and play at a friend's and took it upon myself to use the time to give his bedroom a proper clean. I was sorting out a lot of rubbish under the bed and I found a shoebox which seemed slightly damp. I picked the box up and opened it. It was full to the top with wet mud and a mixture of dead and alive worms. I dropped the contents of the box all over my floor and screamed so loud that my husband thought there was something majorly wrong. When Lewis got back from his friends, we had to have a firm conversation with him that worms do not belong in the house and they're definitely not pets. He is now going to study, study veterinary science at university. So it proves that his childhood curiosities have gone on to good use. Lots of love, Caroline. Anything with an exoskeleton with legs freaks me the hell out. Worms. Were you scared of worms when you were younger? No. This story does that remind you of someone very, very many years ago. I remember someone that I knew used to sort of rub themselves against sofas and uh, beds. And I know stuff who like this that. person is, don't I? Very, we, no, you don't no, know that. Thank you. And uh, we used to thought it was really weird. And we were like, this weird teenager thing. His sister won't caught him like, like doing that. We were like, this is really weird. Anyway, he's now an IKEA furniture designer. And I'm like, maybe he just had a really weird fetish of furniture. I think Lewis is perfectly fine doing this. I just think, I think mum's overreacting about the one thing. I think now it's gone on to produce a healthy sort of interest later in life. I'm with Gareth at this point. What I would do is gone on to Amazon, if it was available then, um, and I would have gone and bought him a snake, fa- a snake farm? A snake no, farm. A snake farm. I've gone completely uh, the other way. A worm so farm. more serious. Did you never have one of those when you were a kid where you could see, like, you could see the worms kind of burrowing? That is quite fabulous and something that is, I, it's basically like buying sea monkeys. Or no, I did the sea monkey thing and then was always just really disappointed because they didn't look like they did on the packet, you know, with the smiles and like the crowd. Like, it looked like Atlantis from Little Mermaid on the packet. And then what do you get? You basically get lice in water and then they die. And then you overfeed them. And then you leave it on the window so when they cook, it's like, I was expecting to turn into like these buff, like, you know, King Titan sort of things. You know what? I really like stories like this. However, I do want them to be naughtier. I want the naughty stories. I want them finding dildos and stuff like that. I you want wanted like, Lewis killing the family pet. Well, not quite that far. <laughs> that's that's, that's a bit more concerning. You do the next one. Hi, Ollie and Gareth. Loving the podcast. A story came to mind that I had to share with you. I live in Manchester and my best friend of so many decades lives out on a dairy farm in the country. I often dog sit when she's away 
And whenever I do, she tells me to help myself to anything in the fridge, which is stocked with loads of nice things from her farm shop. On this occasion, she mentioned to me that she had recently branched out of making her own kefir and fermented yogurts. One breakfast, I came across a container of yogurt-looking stuff and poured it all over my granola. It tasted a bit different than I expected, but I assumed it was one of her new fancy yogurts. So I dropped her a text to say I'd given it a go. She instantly called to explain that I hadn't eaten yogurt and instead I'd actually consumed her breast milk, which she had left in the fridge by mistake. It still makes us laugh to this day, but I'm undoubtedly curious when trying anything unlabeled in the fridge now. Joe. Now, well, sorry, wait a second. Breast milk is not the consistency of yogurt. Depends how long it had been there. It turned into cheese, maybe. Olivia Bentley told me the other day that she had gone to gone to Tiff Watson's house and had a Haribo from the fridge, and it was actually her placenta. And she had eaten placenta gummy. That, right. And she just thought it was a Haribo that was on the side, I, and it wasn't. That that also raises so many things, right? People normally have their placenta in a smoothie, which you can chuck stuff in and reflavor it. I know. Kira ate, drank hers with her sister. Yeah. Uh, or you have it in pills. To put them in a gummy... What is that going to taste like? Gummy, apparently. She actually ate Tiff Watson. That's not vegan. Yeah, that's not vegan. That is not vegan. We talked about the trying breast milk thing before, haven't we? We've discussed this idea before, but I said that I would only drink Binky's breast milk. Drink or try? Not pint after pint, but I said I would taste Binky's breast milk. I trust her breast milk to be cleanish. Our surrogate, she said she tried hers, obviously. Her partner tried hers. Lots of bodybuilders buy breast milk because it's good for their sort of, obviously, strength development because it's got all these nutrients in. And also, lots of rugby players have cow colostrum, which is that thick, like, pre-breast milk thing you get. So they have it, obviously, they don't have human one because it's not legal to buy, but... Our surrogate Bex up north has received a message recently offering her £3,000 for her breast milk. We did sit there and have a moral discussion about this because absolutely it was a no, 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 no. I was like, three grand's three grand. Once it's sent off, you don't know anything about it. So it's a bit like... Three grand, three grand. That's Disney with the kids. <laughs> Would you drink your partner's breast milk? If I was a woman... I was going to say, I, if you're creating breast milk, we've got far more problems than me trying it, mate. Actually saying, Jamie can milk himself. I have heard this before. So can Lee Ryan from Blue. It's not milk, is it? It's like pasta or something like that. It's uh, something in there that needs it's to get like, out. Yeah, well, well Lee's is green. Mm, I don't know why. I'm not, and, I'm not drinking green milk. Jamie's mate. done this on Chelsea with me before. We've done a scene where he's lactated himself. Anything for viewers, that man? <laughs> Guys, we really want your naughtiest stories, childhood stories, or if your child has done anything completely revolting that's make us all laugh in the studio, please email us at newlydads at jampotproductions.co.uk. The naughtier, the funnier, the better, and we'll read them out and see if we can give any advice or just giggle along with you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
So this has all been quite whirlwind, hasn't it? Just like, I say whirlwind. When you think back as to when the babies were born. I feel that they're about to go to university. It's only been nearly eight weeks since we were back. So what happened was we got a call from our surrogate eight weeks ago on Saturday. And we were walking down the King's Road. We'd only just got back from holiday. And at this time, we are seven weeks out from our planned birthday, aren't we? Yeah, I think we were in Portugal. We wanted to come home because we were like, just in case anything was going to go wrong or anything was early, we were like, let's try and get home. We were walking dogs down the King's Road. Yeah. And Stephen called Bex's boyfriend and said, I think she's going through some Braxton Hicks. And we were like, really? No, she was. he was like, she's having contractions. And then in my mind, right, it's Braxton Hicks. It's like, you know, fairly textbook. But then they were becoming more frequent. And then that was a problem. So we called a friend and said, let's potentially go to hospital and go and sort it out. It's always good to check things out. Yeah. And she walked into the hospital and she said, I'm having a bit of struggles. Can you check me out? I'm due twins in seven weeks. And she was already five centimeters dilated. And within that hour, she had turned into 10 centimeters dilated. And the kids were born, weren't they? Our surrogate is living up in Durham. And we're down in London. So we get back to the house and we get the call and we say, right, she's, she's actually going into labor. And we're like, shit, panic stations have to pack all the bags, all that stuff. We found out about 4.30. And it took us till 10 o'clock to get up there, didn't it? Yeah. And we got on a train at sort of 6.30, didn't we? And Cosmo yeah. was born at 6.30. And Apollo had been born two minutes before that. Yes, that was twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had those couple of hours and we kept on getting a couple of photos. You were like, I don't want to send you photos yet. Like Stephen was like, I don't want to send you photos. You need to see them. And I was like, no, 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 I need I to was, see them. I was an emotional wreck. I was crying one minute, happy one minute, shaking. Like I didn't know what was going on because one, you don't know whether the baby's going to be safe. We've not been through this experience. We don't actually really know anyone who's been through the experience. So we're like searching away. I'm reading someone who's helping us, the kids, and like setting up for when they come home, asking their advice. I'm thinking, right, we're going to have to bring them home from hospital, which obviously not. They had to stay in hospital for like five weeks because they're premature. Do you remember the terrible job I did with like panic packing at the house? I was actually very good. I packed all the things that I thought we he, would need. You Googled how to pack a baby bag because we're thinking, right, we're going to go to the hospital and then we're bringing the babies home, well, that, which is just clearly not the case. Meanwhile, I was tasked with packing for us for, we don't know how long we're going to be up there at this stage. We're up north for nearly three weeks. And I packed probably two pairs of boxes between us, a pair of shorts, one pair of jeans, a lot of knitwear. I must have thought it was going to be cold. It was chilly. And not only did I pack two pairs of boxes, they're dirty boxes. So we basically were absolutely shit. Funnily enough, we actually posted a video, didn't we, on our YouTube the other day about it. And I... <laughs> I watched this video. I was like, you've got to watch it. I never really liked watching myself, but I watched it and I made myself cry. That's how emotional it was and took me right back to it. It does take you back because at that point when we walked into the hospital, we didn't quite know what to expect. We had never been in a neonatal intensive care wing. We'd never even thought about it. And I remember we saw Bex and we walked in. They said, do you want to see your children? Do you want to meet them? And we were like, yeah, we'd I mean, obviously love to. And we walked in and there were these two tiny little things that had so many wires and they had these face things, things, things over like, their face. And it was it was terrifying. We were in the intensive care wing with everyone from a million different backgrounds, every religion, every denomination, we're gay dads, and yet as soon as you walk through those doors, there is not one bit of discrimination in any form. And you're all just looking after each other and all have one thing in common, which is you want all of your children to be safe and survive. I've never seen humanity quite like it 
with so many different people from different backgrounds in the world. It was a real sort of moment where you're just like, you're a parent and you're treated as the parent and you're basically unified with all these other people around you. And it's amazing. The people that work in these places are amazing. And it took three days to sort of get over the emotional like panic and sort of blindness of it all because you don't, you know nothing. You go in, there's all these beeping machines, there's all everything. And then we're, we're up north. We're like, we're, I, I am, like, we're completely in a place where we, we don't know anyone up there apart from Bex and Stephen. They're in hospital. And when we're not in the hospital, we're at home just thinking about the kids wanting to be back at the hospital. It was, it was a strange few days, wasn't it? Strange few weeks. Strange few weeks. I think it must have got to the point by the time we were ended up there. We moved, we moved to the centre of Durham at one stage, didn't we? Just because we're like, we just need something to distract us. Because we're out in a country hotel and then we're like, no, we need something to distract us. And we kept like going out for like wanders around, having a look around Durham. We went on the Harry Potter tour at the cathedral. Um, everyone must have been like, what the hell are you two doing up here? And why are you here for so long? Yeah, we had our locals <laughs> at that point. And I think everyone was like, well, these guys, what, they, surely they should be home by now. We weren't telling people that our children were in intensive care up here. No. Really? I mean, I tried to tell too many people. I you told quite a few. bloody everyone. Well, I Absolutely. do. do everyone, and you're like, shh, don't tell anyone. Well, I am a sieve. Well, it's a difficult thing about me is that I can't keep a secret. And this is something, I don't know why people trust me so much because everyone tells me all their secrets because I think I'm an approachable guy. I've kept so many secrets from from friends over the years on Chelsea and stuff like that. But everyone just downloads all their problems. You're like an agony aunt. And yet in real life, I call up people immediately. And being up north was absolutely no different. I was like, oh, it's just that keep it all to ourselves. Like, no one needs to know. Let's not tell too many people. And then I'm coming back from the loo and you're just telling, you know, Bob at the bar about how we've just had these two twins up up north and it's been three days. Bob was a very nice man, I'll have you know. And actually, on the whole, it was it was a very positive experience because you learn from you know, these these pediatric nurses, like all these people who are experts in children. I think that's made us better dads. I think that's why I've nailed the sleep routine. Basically, I'm like a sponge. I almost ask, I mean, I dreadful ADHD, so this is why, but I ask way too many questions and... You were up there with a million nurses and we hadn't had time to go to the bump class yet. So when we were up there, we were asking how to do nappies properly, how to look after them, how to wash them, how to... Everything, basically. And I think by the time we came down, we had some sort of a doctorate. I must say... And lots of parents would probably think we've gotten away with this because we didn't get the dreaded black tarpy. I did. Did you? Yes. So when babies have their first poo, it's this thing called meconium. Meconium. Yeah, that'll do. Meconium, whatever it's called. And it is basically their first bowel movement. And it's like all this sticky black tarpy. You got this? I pretty much got that. And it I've... went off like the Mr. Whippy of yesterday's... Bowel movement. No, but it's literally like, it's like a tar splat. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. And, and it was dripping all over my hand and gooey. all over the, yeah, all down the, the incubator, everything. Oh, oh God, brilliant. I didn't realise that happened to you. No, I was revolting. It completely. And it just kept on, kept on going. Bex was there. Did you take any photos? My hand was covered in shit. <laughs> no, I didn't take photos. Oh, that's a lovely photo. I take one of those, no. But I feel like now we're back home, after having them in the NICU, you know, in incubator, being able to change them with all their wires and all the stuff all over them. Like changing nappies is easy, easier. Than Apollo doing is the biggest wimp ever when it comes to changing because he screams. He's lazy, hates discomfort, hates the cold, and hates being woken up. He is exactly your son. Like it's me trying to wake you up in the morning. Oh yes, don't do that too often. So our producer Ben is from Scunthorpe. So after our three-week foray up in the north, 
He's arranged some questions for us to see how much we truly learned. Yeah, I want to test your northern credentials. So. You learned that northern when you walked into the studio. Now you've really <laughs> gone northern. You're like, no, no credentials are now fine. Which city is home to the most Greg's outlets in the whole of the UK? Oh, is it by, wait, Newcastle? Sorry, what you've done to Gareth right now is don't ask him about general knowledge because he believes he knows everything I in the world. I am. My, we my, are also my, pub champions when it comes to quizzes. We're my, really good at this. But it's my toxic uh, I, trait. I think that is actually Newcastle. I it's feel. Newcastle. It's actually Glasgow. That's no, that's not a different country. Oh, we're doing UK. Not if it was Sturgeon, it wouldn't be. <laughs> do you know what? That's I. I didn't know Scotland's in this as well. God, that really opens it up. How many do you think there are in Glasgow? I'm going to say seventeen. There's actually 54. Is there? <laughs> Shit me. God, how much is Greg's making in Glasgow? So I'll ask you this one: Which part of your body is the fod? The fod. The fod. That's what it's Scottish. That's like the bottom of a leg is called the foot. Fod. Wait, I th- can I? Fod? Can no, I? Fod? That's that's a Scottish. Gareth, is it, fod is, it, is like a foot. Is it your forehead? It is your forehead. Whee! Ding 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 ding. Do you know how Northerners say it is not in the tin? Tin tin tin. <laughs> Holly's not getting this at all. All right, carry on. Let's see if you get this one. What's a patty slapper? <laughs> patty slapper is she one of the girls that goes out with the the short skirts in winter i that, i don't have a better guess than that patty slapper wait no oh no is it someone who works in a burger shop close very close Kebab shop it's someone who works at the chippy making oh, patty can cakes I, can i have that making yeah. what can patty i have cakes. that what's a patty cake it's deep fried mashed potatoes whoa, 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 whoa. is that patty cake patty cake that oh, i don't know anyway patty. move on move on what's a wigan kebab a kebab from wigan Wait, wait, wait. A Wigan kebab? Is it Is it when, like, if there's a kebab shop next to a, a really gay night out, whatever like that, and someone throws a kebab at a, a drag queen that gets in their wig? A Wigan kebab. <laughs> That's a wig in a kebab. Wait, are, are there a lot of vegans in Wigan? Is it a meatless kebab? No, it's actually a meat and potato pie in a balm cake, which is a bread bun. There are so many questions as to what's going on. A balm cake? No, I honestly... <laughs> I honestly, but hang on. I'm quite bit. good at this. Like, I'm quite good at British knowledge. Just obviously not from Watford down. Sounds healthy. Yeah. One for Cosmo and Apollo, I'm sure. Put the weight on. When did Cosmo and Apollo last gip? Is it gip as in giggle? It's a verb. A gipping. Okay, is it like a gip? I use it in context. Oh, that made me gip. Oh, gag. It's like a gag hiccup. Close. Reflex. That's a reflex. Yeah. So they, you had a really big night oh, out, then you'd probably be gipping the following day. Oh, you day. feel a bit gippy. I've never heard of that. I really haven't heard that. I think I'm just making shit up now. Now, Ben, wait for next week. We've got a Southern quiz for you. Yeah. Well, I say to that, darling, bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) So it's that part of the podcast where we have some little people with some very big questions. This is Lewis. Is the Lockbus monster alive? You know what, Lewis? We're getting into conspiracy I'll tell you a secret. He is. I think I've always thought 100% it's, it's theoretically a bit mythical. However, there's so much evidence and there's so many photos of potentially a Loch Ness Monster. And I would love to think there is. You know there is a place called Loch Loch in, yeah. in Scotland? Yeah. Loch Loch. And that is, our, that is our name, Loch Loch. Yeah. I think that's quite fabulous. I'd love to go to Loch Ness. Um, so we've got another question here from Flo. Why do you have windows in your house? Why do we have drugs? Does she say at the end, why do we have drugs? No. <laughs> Uh, no, windows and doors. Why do you have windows and Can doors? Can we play that again, please? Because I'm pretty sure the chart at the end said, do you have drugs? Why do you have windows in your house? Why do we have doors? Uh, drugs. Why do you have he drugs? He didn't say drugs. He said doors. Obviously, he said doors because windows. Drugs. One more time, please. 
Oh, God. Why do you have windows in your house? Why do we have drawers? He's either saying drawers or doors. He's the not door, saying The, the child is saying drugs. So um, maybe I cal- don't accept your child's ask. Or I think windows are for us to see the wildlife outside. And I think that's important. And to let in all the lovely light into the house. Otherwise, it would be a bit dark, wouldn't it? It would be in like, just imagine, no windows and doors or drugs. Maybe the drugs would help you if you had no windows. Maybe they're talking about PC versus Mac. Maybe he's really like sophisticated two-year-old that basically is wondering why they've got to deal with the Windows computer while all the other kids have got a £3,000 MacBook. What we'd really love is from the toddlers um, more existentialist questions for next week. Something really to get something going. Yeah. Do you believe in God? That's a great one. Why are we here? What's the meaning of life? These are the questions the youth of today need to be asking tomorrow. Or if you want stuff like, why was Mr. McGregor such a cunt? That kind of stuff, I think. <laughs> so <savage. laughs> That kind of stuff. <laughs> I think that is the end of episode two. However, we are back next week and every week for your fabulous questions, all of our naughty stories, and everything in between. This has been therapy. <laughs> That'll do it. This is the Newly Dads, and we'll see you again next week for more wine, more fun, and more laughs. Love you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.